Hey, this is Greg Harvey, pastor at Embrace Church. Enjoy today's message and subscribe so you don't miss out on any upcoming sermons. We have been on a series, Seed and Harvest. Seed and Harvest, looking at where it goes. I know we want harvest, right? Don't you want harvest? Don't you like harvest? I mean, harvest is good. Harvest, you get to reap what you sowed. Hopefully, you sowed good. I don't like harvest when I reap, when I sow bad. But when I'm sowing good, I like harvest time because I get to reap it. So, so seed and harvest, and, and I'm just going to read just two short verses, then I'll, I'll let you be seated. And if you've already been seated, just feel the guilt while I read this. John chapter 4, verse 34, says, Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do not say there are still four months And then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. Come on, do you believe it's harvest time? I believe that. I I believe that. It is is harvest time. Tell your, tell your neighbor, and I'll let you be seated. Tell, tell them, tell about three people. Tell them, it's harvest time. It, it's, get ready, it's, it's harvest time. Tell about three, and you can, you can be seated after you do it. It's harvest time. It's harvest time. I'm going to preach on work the harvest, because it's harvest, harvest time. Let me, let me get a drink real quick. I usually sing with a cough drop in my mouth, and it got in the way, so I almost hit Bradley on the drums when I spit it out, hit the wall, bounced off at one part. Harvest time. I've been preaching now for, I don't want to give my age away, but I've been preaching now for over 20 years, 22 and I've learned this in my, in my time. Is that when you mention the harvest in the church, people get excited. When, when, you, when you say it's harvest time, people tend to get excited. And I think it is because our reality doesn't match really what it is. Our idea of what harvest is doesn't match with the reality of what harvest is. In other words, we have a different concept of harvest. I mean that and that's things with most things in life. Is that our concept doesn't match what the context is or the reality is. There's a difference. Our concept, the idea of it versus the context or the reality of what it is. And I think that that really is with most things in life. We love the concept of something, 
more than we love the context or the reality of something. Example, I love the concept of getting in shape. I love the concept of it. I mean, I'll, 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 I'll talk with my wife and like, we really need to get in shape. I mean, we re- I need to uh, really need to just work. I need to get fit more. I, I remember what it used to be like. I, I love the concept of it, but the reality of getting in shape, I don't like. Come on. I love the concept. I don't like the context. I love the concept of it, but, but when it comes to eating right and working out, I don't like the context that's involved in order to do it. I've just learned I like the concept of it. it and it, goes in, it can go in so many things. Some of you love the concept of a healthy marriage, but you don't like the reality of what it takes to have one. I heard some oohs on that one. Some of you love the concept of, of getting out of debt, but, but when it comes to the reality of saving up for what you really want and paying for it, you don't like the context. We like concept, we don't like context. We like the concept of it, but we don't like the reality. And in church, most people get excited, for instance, about the concept of, say, outreach. We need to be doing outreach. Oh, we love the idea of outreach. We just like the word outreach. It sounds so good. We're reaching out. Just reverse it. It's outreach. We love the concept of it. We'll have people say, what are we going to do for outreach? Do you have ideas for outreach? I want to get involved with outreach. We love the concept, but when we have an outreach project such as backpack supplies, we find out most people just like the concept and not the reality. Of what outreach is. We like, we love the concept of a giving church, a generous church, but if I preach on tithe, you don't like the context. I like the concept of it until it affects me, then I realized I just like the idea, but not the reality. We get wrapped up in this. What I'm, what I'm trying to get to you is, is, is there is a concept of it, but there's a context of it. So, so when Jesus says, uh, says, says that, that the harvest is ready, I, I get excited because I love the concept of it. I get excited when he says this, that, that, that the harvest is now, don't say it's four months from now. Don't, don't say it's later. It's, it's now. Look, at, look, the fields are white. I get excited because my context of harvest isn't probably the same as, say, a farmer's. See, I, I grew up as a preacher's kid. 
And um, as a pastor's kid, my concept of harvest is this. When I hear harvest, I think blessings. Oh, it's harvest time. That means the blessings are coming. Come on. How many have many been, been in church a little bit? And you, you get the same little concept of what harvest means. The blessings are coming. I mean, that, that's what I think when I hear harvest, that the harvest is now. I think, oh, great. That means I get to sit back. I get to relax because what I sowed for in faith and watered in tears, I now get to enjoy the labors of the blessing because it's harvest time. I get to sit back and I get to eat it's harvest time but if you're a farmer you probably have a different context to go with that when you hear harvest time and you're a farmer you probably hear something different because you have some context to go with it my i don't have the context I've never grown anything except my kids. We, we tried to plant a garden. When we pastored in Indiana and we lived there, everybody did gardens. So we tried to plant a garden. And when I say we tried to plant a garden, we had the idea, let's have a garden. And one of our board members showed up and he planted our garden for us. Because it sounded good, let's have a garden. But when it meant getting out there and weeding and watering and then, and then picking and they're itchy and all, we didn't, we didn't keep a garden. That was one and done. I didn't even like the idea of it anymore because my context changed. The reality of it changed. You see, if you're a farmer, it's different when you hear harvest time. Where I think it's harvest time, it's time to sit back, relax, and enjoy. A farmer hears harvest, and he thinks it's time to work. He hears harvest, and he thinks it's time to roll up my sleeves and get up early and work late. Because like one of my buddies in Indiana said one time, the corn doesn't pick itself. Somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to get out there. And you've got to work and you've got to labor. Because just because it's harvest time doesn't mean you get to sit back and relax. It means I've got to do something now because it's ready. And if I don't pick it, it's going to rot. If I don't reap it, it's going to rot. So if I don't get out there, I'm going to miss my moment. It's harvest time. Jesus is saying at this moment, it's harvest time. And I want you to get the reality of it because he's speaking to people who understand a little bit because they have a different context to go with it and I'm leading all this up to you because we're so good about picking a verse out or picking a, a, a portion out and we don't read all of it so we take things out of context come on so when Jesus says, hey, it's harvest time, we get excited because we didn't see the context. 
We didn't see the reality of it. We didn't see what led up to this. So, so, so you, you see, we, we read verse 35, but the context of this really starts at the beginning of the chapter when he says that Jesus is going to go to Galilee. And he says this in verse 4. He says, but he needed to go through Samaria. Now, if you know some context behind this, and you know a little bit of backstory of Jews in that time period who Jesus is speaking to, nobody needed to go through Samaria. The Jews did not like the Samaritans. Because you have a whole Old Testament that gives you some context of why they don't like Samaria. Whenever Israel was one and then the kingdom split, it was the northern kingdom that split off from Judah. The northern kingdom became the Samaritans. Their their capital of the northern kingdom was in Samaria. So the Jews didn't like the Samaritans. In fact, from Galilee to Jerusalem, it, there, the, the Sea of Galilee was at the north side. It was part of, 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 of the, the Jews still. It was part of what they were used to. It was part of Judah from back before. And, and, and over here you have Galilee. Over here, down here at the bottom of the south, it's Jerusalem where they're at. But in between is Samaria. And the Jews, if they're traveling and they're going from Jerusalem to the Sea of Galilee... The Galilee area, they will a lot of times walk around Samaria because there's no need to ever go through Samaria. Nobody needed to go through Samaria. I know you have a different context of what Samaria is. When you think of Samaria, you might think of the Good Samaritan. Even if you haven't been in church, you've heard the phrase, Good Samaritan. We even have a law called the Good Samaritan Law. That if you help somebody, they can't sue you because you did it wrong. A Good Samaritan Law. So your context of a, or your concept of a Good Samaritan is you think a Samaritan is a good person... But the Jews didn't see it that way. To them, to say a good Samaritan would be like saying that nice young gang member in Houston. That sweet kid. He didn't mean to shoot him. You, you see, because you have a different context, right? I mean, the Samaritans, the Samaritans, they they. Def- they defiled their temple one time. I mean, they, they came down and, and, and they brought pigs into the temple, into Jerusalem, just to make them mad. They, they, they would wage war. They would side with the allies. Even though they were supposed to be their people, they would, they would side with others who were enemies against Judah. From, and what I'm saying, they couldn't stand the Samaritans. So when Jesus says... He needed to go through Samaria. That's a problem. We would rather go around it. I don't want to go through it because I don't like it. 
why I'm bringing this whole up and trying to put it in context is because I want you to realize that Jesus is a God that is willing to go through some stuff that you want to avoid. He's willing to walk through some things with you that you want to avoid altogether. He's willing to do those hard things, those go through some areas with you that you always want to bypass. Come on, do you know what I'm talking about? He's not afraid to walk through some stuff with you. So he said he needed to go through Samaria. And as he goes to Samaria here, they, they get to the area, they get to Samaria, and, and there he sits down and at a well as the disciples go to eat because it's lunchtime. So it's lunch when they show up in this town and the disciples go off, they go to get some food. And Jesus sits at a well, and there he meets a woman who comes to the well at the heat of the day. I'm going to rush through some stuff. Just want to give you context so you don't get the wrong concept of it. Meets this woman who comes to the well at the heat of the day because we find out she's kind of an outcast. She can't make anything work, any relationship work. She's had five husbands. Now she's quit trying. Not, not with men. She's just done marrying. She's had five. Now she's just living with a guy. And she comes at noon, the heat of the day, to get water, even though all the ladies would go to the well early in the morning or late in the evening when it's cooler. But she comes at noon when the sun's beating down the most and it's the hottest because she knows nobody will be there at the well. She won't have to answer questions from the ladies. She won't have to endure their glaring eyes. She's already blocked them on Facebook. The last thing she wants to... Do is talk to him now. So she comes to the well at noon just to get her water and get out. But Jesus is at the well. And when she doesn't want to talk, Jesus wants to have a conversation. Uncomfortable with it. She begins to kind of throw him off. Let's talk about worship. I know we can't get along with that. Samaritans, we worship this way. Jews, you worship that way. Jesus isn't bothered by the conversation. Talks with her. He answers questions. He asks her later. He says, hey, can, can I have some water? She says, are you talking to me? Really, why, why are you a Jew and a man talking to me? He answers back, says, if you knew who I really was, you would ask me for 
water, and I would give you living water. You never thirst again. I, 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 I would, and, and she goes, you don't even have a bucket. Jesus, remember, let me give you context. He needed to go through Samaria. And in his mind, I have to think he's thinking, I do have a bucket. You're my bucket that I'm going to draw living water and pour into the city of Samaria. You're my bucket. Isn't that awesome to think about? Because, Because we tend to think God can't use me because of my past. God can't use me because of my situation. God can't use me because I, I was this or I was that or I still struggle here and I still have, have, have issues here. I mean, she was living with the guy. She wasn't married at the time and Jesus was saying, you're ready, I can use you now. It wasn't anything different. It, it, was, it, it was saying, I can use you where you're at. You're my bucket. And think about, think about who else would be better to reach the men of this town in Samaria than the one lady who had all their cell phone numbers? Who better to reach the men than the one person who already knew all the men well? Who better to reach them than this woman? What I'm telling you, the thing that you think disqualifies you is the very, very reason that God says, I can use you. You're my bucket. I can use you to reach people that I can't use anybody else with. You've got people in your life that you can reach that I'll never be able to come in contact with with and God's saying look the fields are white they're ready for harvest will you just let me use you you're my bucket I would have thought you'd been a little bit more excited about that I mean think about God put you on his bucket list you are on his bucket list He wants to draw from you to pour into someone else. Living water. And I'm not even preaching about her right now. That's just my introduction. How about that? I'll preach on her later. I'm trying to rush through this a little bit, honestly. Because I want to give you context. So Jesus speaks with this woman and talks with her all by herself when she didn't even want anybody to talk to her. It's in the heat of the day because she's given up on herself. And Jesus went through Samaria to find her, to reach the region of Samaria with her, goes goes through the tough things, through the difficult, has the conversations that nobody else wants to have. And and now I want to lead you up to what's happening because remember the disciples went off for food because it's lunchtime. The disciples left because they're hungry. How How many of you get hungry the closer it gets to noon? I... My, my wife has an internal clock. 
She knows when it's noon. So, so, so I do good as a preacher to get you out at noon because I know there's a clock that's ticking in some of you. You know when it's noon. And they go off to get food because they're hungry. And look at this. She, he, he talks with her. She's leaving. Now, 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 now let me catch you up. Verse 27. It says, and at this point, his disciples came back. And they marveled that he talked with the woman, yet no one said, what do you seek? I mean, really, that's, that was, of course you wouldn't say that to God. I mean, that, 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 that was like, what are you after? What are you talking to her for, huh? What, what do you seek? Or, why are you talking with her? Don't, don't you know who she is? The bad people show up to the well at noon. It says the woman left. She left her water pot. She wasn't thirsty anymore. She got some living water instead. Left her water pot. Went her way into the city and said to the men... Come and see a man who told me all things I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. Now watch this. In the meantime, so while, while she's gone to the city to get all the men to come back. In the meantime, the disciples urged him, urged Jesus, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat which you do not know. Therefore the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him anything to eat? They're not the sharpest tools in the shed sometimes. Maybe, maybe she brought him food, we didn't know. Somebody bring him something to eat? He said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. And here you have this, this contrast. The disciples, Jesus, they're seeing it different. Their context, their concept of it all is different. The disciples' concept of Samaria is let's avoid it. Because they had some context wrapped up in it that they didn't like. They go to get food and their, their idea is let's eat and get out of here. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, eat so we can get out of this area, get to Galilee. I mean, that's where we're after. Our destination's Galilee. I don't know why we had to go through Samaria, but... Let's eat and get out because they were they were not mission minded. They were instead um, just themselves minded. They were food minded, if you will. They were 
male-minded. There we go. Let's, let's, I, I need to think of M and M so it could be a real preacher thing. They were male-minded. Jesus was mission-minded. Here's the difference. Their focus was their next meal and let's leave. Jesus' focus was, I came for a purpose. My, my food is to do the will of the Father. That's my mission. I'm focused on the mission. They're focused on the meal. You, you, you see, I'm, I'm afraid that in the church we've become too meal-minded that we miss our harvest because we're not mission-minded. We see church as a, as a place where I can come and get fed. Come on, and leave feeling good. Just, just feed me, feed me, feed me. Do you, do you have this to offer for me? Do you have that to offer for me? It's all about me and, 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 and my belly. And, and when I'm full, let's leave. Let's get out. Let's avoid all the stuff. Mill-minded. Let's avoid, don't, don't hit these things that would hurt me. I'm mill-minded. I just want to be fed for the next, next meal, for the next service. Just, just feed me enough to get me through the week so I can come back, eat again, and leave again, and come back and eat and leave, and eat and leave, and eat and leave, and eat. Come on now, we go through. That's the mindset of the churches, eat and leave, eat and leave, eat and leave. And Jesus is saying that's not the context of it. It's not where you're supposed to be it's not supposed to be just feed me it's supposed to be a mission out there he said in fact my food my food is to work my food is to do the will of the father my food is to do the labor because i see a harvest out there and if we don't reap it it rots mission Come on, Aaron, will you come up? Mission-minded. So now, the, now, now that I've given you context, and you read verse 35, throw verse 35 up there again, will you? Just any time. There we go. Now he says, don't say there's four months. There's always another day. We can do it later. We got time. Don't say there's four months and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields. They are already white. For harvest. Keep, keep that up there. Keep that. Let, let me give you the context. Rem, remember, they went to get food. They're coming back. When they're coming back to him, in the, at the same time, the woman has left into the city to get all the men. 
come see this man? Could he be the Christ? They're coming back to him. She did her job quick. They're on their way back to Jesus. and, And the disciples are eating at the well, trying to get Jesus to eat. They're just sitting there. Mill-minded. I'm hungry. Mill-minded. And Jesus goes, look, look up. The fields are white, ready to harvest. I don't say, and, 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 and they got to be thinking, oh, oh, he's getting ready to teach. This is going to be good. They look up. Hey, John, can you go get those Samaritans? Tell them to move. I'm trying to look at what Jesus is pointing to. He's pointing, evidently he's pointing to a field, letting us, he's ready, because he does this all the time. He'll point out this way and say, look, look at the fields, the lilies of the field. I mean, he does this all the time. So they look as he tells the story. So they're thinking, they're thinking, oh man, this is going to be good. Get, get, get a pen, write this down so we don't, we don't miss it. And, and he goes, look, look up. The fields are white, ready for harvest. And they look up and all they see are Samaritans coming. Well, I, 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 you know, Jesus, I'm trying to look at the fields. I'm trying to get your point. But I just keep seeing Samaritans. A bunch of them, they're coming. Why don't you just eat and we can leave? Get out of here. Look. 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 What's he pointing to? You're calling that a heart. I've been calling that a problem. You see, if you're not careful, you'll the devil doesn't have to get you, he'll get you to miss your moment of your harvest if you can't see it of what you're supposed to be harvesting. If he can get you focused on something else, you'll miss your moment. And it will rot. And you'll never get it. Could could it be that the very thing that, that God's saying to you, you're supposed to harvest, is the very thing that you've been calling a problem? That maybe it's that job. That you just can't stand going to. But Jesus is saying, that's your harvest. Quit calling it a problem. That's your your harvest. That's the Samaritans coming your way. It's white. It's ready. Relationships that you've been saying is a problem and you've been trying to avoid the whole time just tiptoe around God saying look at your harvest let's go through it I'll go through it with you there's a harvest there 
What's the thing in your life? What is it that God's saying, look, look up. It's ready. And you've been avoiding. It's your harvest. Are you ready to work it? Well, will you stand with me this morning? Thanks for joining us today. Please share this podcast. Have a great week and make an impact on those around you.